Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? It's going good, Henry. It is pouring down here in Orange County, but I'm all snuggled up warm, so... I'm happy to be here talking to you guys. Yes, yes, likewise. I'm also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how's it going? Hey, it's going well. Also, uh, we just got a nice little break from the rain, but yeah, perfect time to uh, watch some superhero movies, read some superhero comic books, and talk about them. Yes, indeed. Today is February 1st, 2024. And today we're going to talk about Echo, the most recent Marvel Studios Disney Plus show. We're going to talk all about it. We'll get into spoilery detail. Uh, Before we get into the spoilery detail, maybe we can talk just a little bit about expectations. Echo is not exactly a household name Marvel superhero. Um, but we were introduced to her in the Hawkeye series. So what were your expectations before you watched the Echo series? What do you think, Perferio? Yeah, I think like you said, like Echo's not a household name. You know, like just to give a little bit of background, Echo, she is um, Native American. She's deaf. But what she lacks in those senses, she makes up in her fighting skills. You know, she's like one of the few like comic book characters that um, can't stand toe to toe with like Daredevil, you know, and it just becomes a stalemate, you know. Um, She's a total badass in that sense. And just cool seeing some representation for those two communities in um, a large, like a big, like mainstream um, franchise, like the MCU. And I will admit when they announced an Echo project, I had my concerns because I was like, what can they possibly bring, you know, to the character? And apparently a lot, you know, from this TV show. This TV show was fucking awesome. I loved it. Um, And uh, it was not on my radar about, like, stuff I was looking forward to. But I think that made, like, watching it, like, that experience just such more satisfying. Because since I had, like, no expectations, it just... It... It, it, it was really cool to just be like surprised at how it was written and the acting and all that fun stuff. We'll get there. Well, let's just stick with expectations for now, but it does sound like you had yeah. some good expectations going in. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, what about you, Christian? Yeah. So um, I had no idea who Echo was before watching Hawkeye. Uh, that was my introduction to her. Um, and let's see, I I liked. I I remember thinking Hawkeye was all right. 
there were things. Like, and so I was actually kind of surprised when I, she was getting her own spinoff show. I, um, cause I really didn't know anything about this character. Um, I will say what got, what did get me like, what really, really piqued my interest was the trailer. I thought the trailer was so cool. Trailer was really brutal. They said they were given this like TVMA rating, you know, Kingpin's going to be in it. And so that really piqued my interest. I was like, whoa, okay. All right. I like, I like brutality in my comic books. I, I like hard hitting <laughs> action. Uh, let's see where they go from this. I think they really they did play up some of that Daredevil Netflix vibe with it with the trailer, which did really love uh, Netflix Daredevil. So that got me excited. It seemed like a bit of a return to that that you know that that older era of, of the MCU, which we now know is canon, fully canon. That's mm-hmm. right. Yes. Where were um, you, Henry? Yeah, I definitely agree with pretty much everything both of you guys mentioned. Um, wasn't that familiar with the character previously. Uh, thought she was cool in Hawkeye. But yeah, definitely surprised when I heard they were going to have a whole show about Echo. And to be honest, was like, like, why? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, similar to Christian. When that trailer dropped and the word was getting out that this is going to be like rated R level violence, I was like, oh shit, I definitely want to see this show. <laughs> you know, um, I thought, especially after Moon Knight, I thought like the age of rated R Marvel stuff, other than Deadpool, was like gone, right? Like when Marvel Netflix was basically like, erased from the face of the earth i was like i guess we're not getting that stuff anymore but then along comes echo i was like oh shit all right it's uh you know we got we're we might be on to something here so that is what interested me i was like okay this looks gritty it looks edgy it looks violent and i'm on board so yeah on that level i was looking forward to checking this out Definitely. You know, I, I really want to say something else before we um, get right into it. I feel yeah. like even Disney didn't have that much confidence with this project, you know? Like, traditionally, if you look at, like, the Marvel Disney Plus shows, like, they're released on, like, a weekly basis. But this That's one, right. like, all five episodes were released in one day. And they even like, like if you if you guys can remember, like the opening scenes, it's not even the Marvel, like traditional studios opening credits. It's just yeah. it's a whole other banner. It's called um, Marvel Spotlight. I Spotlight, believe. yeah, that's right. Uh huh. And I don't know what that's supposed to mean, to be <laughs> honest, but. Um, I just I just feel like Marvel and Disney just themselves did not have a lot of faith in this project. I think they just did it because they wanted to like I don't know like um, make a project to for like representation for like the Native American and disability superhero fandom or 
I feel like that could have been it, but like like all of us, like we were just like, who cares? You know, like like why? You know, so I don't know. It's just just those details I kind of noticed. You know, that that is interesting about uh, the Marvel spotlight thing. Like you put it in in good context, like. And in, in one way, maybe they did that because if the show was poorly received, then they could have been like, oh, well, it's not like the real Marvel. It's just it's this different thing. It's Marvel Spotlight. So it's not our fault. You know, maybe kind of a cop <laughs> yeah. out. So like an excuse. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I kind of read it as like it's the the black label or like the Marvel Knights of disney plus you know it's like oh this is just yeah. just so you know it's like it's an all black background and it's kind of letting people know this is okay this is a little different um maybe kids should not watch this and um yeah i think that's kind of the official thing but i you know what you're mentioning and there might be something to that too about like them sort of having a, an excuse <laughs> yeah i never thought about it like that the marvel spotlight at first, I thought it was like they were going to be launching like a a new brand or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're saying, like the Marvel Knights, the Black Label. Yeah. The yeah. they have but they haven't said much on it as of now. Mm-hmm. On yeah. what Marvel Spotlight is. I mean, maybe this was a bit of a test. Like if if it didn't really pan out, then maybe they wouldn't continue it. But we'll see. Yeah, because this is also their first project they've like released on two streaming services because they were also yeah. released on hulu yeah yeah as well as disney plus yeah the whole thing felt kind of experimental so we'll see we shall see it wasn't this also like the first marvel disney plus content where you had to um like you couldn't you, you could do like the it went under like the parent like viewing restriction thing. right yeah yeah well i think the the marvel netflix content that is on disney plus they have that in that category also i believe well yeah yeah i know the marvel netflix does but like you mean like new content you mean yeah yeah i think you're right i think you're right okay at this point let's give the spoiler alert we're gonna go deep into echo uh, you've been warned. Spoilers are fair game. <laughs> um, so the show itself. Let's get into it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Random thoughts. Let's do it all. Uh, let's start with the good. What did we like about this show? I know, Preferio, you mentioned you like the show a lot. Maybe we can start, we can start with you. I mean, right off the bat, like the actress. Um, uh, I... I I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Do you yeah. can what's her name? Alakwa Cox, I think is. Uh, I I may have butchered how you pronounce it, but it's Alakwa Cox. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. All right, but like like off the yeah, like she was born to play Echo, and um, like she just did a marvelous job. She, I I think. Henry, you told me that she. There's only 
thing she's ever done in acting, just play Echo her entire yeah. career, you know? And, like, she's just really, a, she's a badass, you know? She, um, and she's not, like, an actress who isn't Native American or deaf. Um, like, she's not playing that. She is that, you know? So, yeah. She's like essentially playing something that's herself, but with like in the superhero form, you know, she comes from both those communities. And so it's just cool to see that representation like on screen and for her to get that like opportunity. And she killed it, you know, like she, Echo is just, a badass you just don't want to mess with and she the way she portrayed it i was convinced i was like i'm not fucking with this with her at all you know and i love just the performances that she gave and that awesome scene between her and daredevil in like one of the first like scenes of the first episode was cool but yeah, right off the bat, I just got to give praise to her. Yeah, I agree. She's really great in this show. And yeah, yeah, like you were saying, Perfero, she was born to play Echo. I mean, she is Echo. <laughs> she really is. She's like the real life version of this character. And she's she's amazing. She's she's so great. Um, it's very inspirational. Um and just like yeah, objectively is is good. She she puts in a good acting performance. She has great physicality in the show. Um, so yeah, hundred percent agree on the performance. Yeah, I I definitely agree too. Like, the, like I think one thing I want to add that it must have been really hard for the production, but I think really really makes the show is. Um, the the use of sign language and and having a deaf main character like there's mm-hmm. not really many movies i don't know if i could think of one off the top of my head with a deaf main character uh yeah and mm-hmm. like cause that's really hard like how much not everyone knows uh asl and so i imagine that's like you know one is that you have to teach the actors that and in, in like a lot of different stories you can't imagine that everybody is able to to sign and communicate through sign language like especially effectively like actors really need to you know speak their speak their roles and you can't do that so i imagine that's like a pretty major hurdle for the show and i thought the show pulled that off really really well i think the way that they handled uh sign language and like conveying emotion through sign language and the movement of the hands was was Mm -hmm. pretty well done um like and i think you could really she could really convey how she's being by like sometimes how fast she's signing like the kind of like the way that she moves her arms and hands with it i thought was was pretty well done and i thought like um i guess on kind of a similar beat to the topic i thought it was a cool um part of the part of it was that like the only person that didn't really sign at all was the kingpin the guy who's like, I'm your father, you know, yeah, her yeah. self-proclaimed father who instead gives her an implant so he doesn't have to do anything or just hires an interpreter to sign for him. Mm-hmm. 
because he can't take the time to learn it, but everybody else around her uh, takes the time, you know. So I thought that I thought that was pretty cool, and that like yeah, um, Lockwood Cox, you know, very extremely well cast as Echo. Yeah. Yeah. Like going off piggyback off all of the, what you said, Christian. I think like yeah, it's um I remember seeing like some videos of like behind the scenes and some of the directors and crew members like took the time to um take like ASL classes to be able to communicate with her and give her like direction and um like notes about how she was doing certain things, you know, and um, you know, I mentioned the the fight scene with Daredevil, and a good good friend of mine told me that like there were some some of those stunts she did on her own, which is totally badass. But they also had to be like very careful with the fight choreography that she wouldn't um like hurt her hands because that was like you know her main um way to communicate so they couldn't like afford to make sure that she damaged them too badly and yeah i thought, I thought that was just cool like i guess like on a human level like like that like would you say, Christian, that like the cast and characters were willing to go out of the way to take ASL classes and be able to communicate with her, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. The use of sa- sign language is so great in this show. First of all, like you're saying, Perfirio, it's just cool. It's cool to see this, see something you really haven't seen done like this before, like it's not just Echo who is using sign language. It's like basically all her family uh, communicates with her with sign language. So like all these actors, they had to learn how to do it. They had to use it, etc. cetera. Um, that was cool. And then you're really immersed into her world, right? Because um, you get a lot of like point of view stuff through Echo like a lot of the show, uh, the audio cuts out, right? So you're kind of seeing the world through her and you're not hearing anything, right? Um, and again, super cool. I mean, you just don't see this in other stuff. Um, and then I love what you brought up, Christian, how the Kingpin doesn't know sign language. And it that it because the sign language becomes like this great like character moment, yeah. Like the fact that her real family has gone out of their way to learn the language and they communicate with her throughout the series. And then there's the Kingpin who is like, he's claiming like he's family, like he raised her in New York City and everything. And and that's kind of the crux of the show, right? It's sort of like she's torn between two worlds and it's really telling that this guy who's claiming to be her uncle, this big father figure, never bothered to learn her language, right? 
Um, so it's not just a cool thing. It is a cool thing, but it's not just a cool thing. It it becomes like part of the story, uh, part of the character de- character development of the show, and it's just like it's so cool. I, I, I love uh, all the aspects of of the use of sign language here. What else? I know there's other good stuff in the show. Um, before you brought up the Daredevil cameo, maybe yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, episode one, we did get a Daredevil cameo, and it's in basically the first action scene of the show. And I guess it's it's actually a flashback, right? Um, Echo is like flashing back to her first assignment for the Kingpin, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out to be a doozy of an assignment because she kind of freezes up, right? Uh, right in the middle. But then, like, the first time she kills someone, then it kind of puts her on this traje- trajectory um, where she just goes off and, like, shows her stuff and ends up fighting Daredevil, Right. Um, so what'd you guys think of this scene? I prefer you started to talk about it earlier, but what are your, what are your thoughts here? I mean, yeah, I thought that was a cool scene. I, it's, it's cool. Like, like you said, like, this is her first assignment and she was able to stand like toe to toe against Daredevil, you know, like they just went back and forth against each other. Here he is with like his like batons and she's just using like her, hands to like block his attacks and everything um so like even kingpin like later on says like you know my men were taken out by him but here you are like barely breaking the sweat and uh um like be being like like the opposing force to daredevil and so I just can only imagine how, like, years later, like, where she is now in the series after so many years of, like, experience and all that stuff, like, how a rematch would look like. <laughs> I love Daredevil, but I'm just like, ooh, I would really love to see a rematch between the two and see what would happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know Echo has origins in daredevil comics so it kind of makes sense that they would face off here Um, but how cool was it that you get two disabled superheroes fighting each other right so kind of a win on the representation front here you get a a a deaf superhero with a prosthetic leg taking on a blind superhero Um, just kind of a cool moment there um we should also mention that this scene starts out with and continues on with some extreme violence <laughs> yeah so that was pretty jarring i think this the scene starts with a guy getting like shot in the head or something and uh i was like whoa this does not feel like a disney plus show <laughs> all right <laughs> so pretty early on you know episode one fairly early on in the season uh they, they give it to us and a lot of these expectations you were talking about like, I was like, damn, let's go. Because <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't sure, you know, like, okay, this is, it's still Disney Plus. You know, we've seen, 
you know, the, the bloody shield and Falcon and Winter Soldier and like this, you know, and the Marvel Netflix stuff is there. But like how violent is Echo going to be? And as it turns out, pretty damn violent, you know, it's definitely rated our violence, probably not as violent as as uh, or or definitely not as violent as the most violent stuff from the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, but you know it's up there it's definitely tvma rated r level stuff um so that was cool i enjoyed that uh christian do you have some yeah um uh, it did really really call back to those like hallway fight scenes from daredevil yeah Mm -hmm. um like the way it's like all one take the way it kind of whips around this Mm -hmm. big action scene like I, I did think it was really, really cool. That is probably like I think like one of the big crowning scenes uh yeah. of the series is that that big fight scene. Like Yeah, yeah. There was some uh, cool like John Wick esque uh music during that scene also. Yeah. yeah, the music, the way the camera whips around in one take, and of course like you see this like kind of the the violence break out and then daredevil shows up yeah like yeah. halfway through so you know your excitement's level high is really high and then and then when he shows up it kind of goes through the roof like <laughs> oh my god yeah there he is <laughs> get this really cool fight scene and it's like a good like long fight scene you know yeah, yeah. i'm glad that they gave daredevil like like you know his scene you know like and you get to see the cl- the more classic red suit, which is cool. Yeah. She like I think it was She Hulk. They cut. They like tinted at the scene, but they you know he had a little bit to do. But he does. It feels like he he has much more of a scene here. And uh, I'm not as big a fan of the ketchup and mustard. <laughs> yeah. I was I was a big fan of how they portrayed Daredevil and She Hulk at all. So oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, so so this was a big like yes this is yeah. the real daredevil <laughs> like a return to form yeah this yeah. is the daredevil we know and love from from netflix yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way king and the way it kind of ends with kingpin talking even though what was it like she loses kingpin so like well you did really really well yeah. yeah 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 you you held up against daredevil so it's almost like he was kind of expecting all of that to happen and is in a very kingpin way yeah yeah episode one i thought like it's probably i think what like i think of the five episodes it's probably my favorite of it i thought the beginning just it was just really cool you know mm-hmm. started with a bang mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Well, oh. since we're on top, go ahead. I was gonna say since we're in, like on the topic of Kingpin, you know, I thought he did a good job also in this show. You know, a really <laughs> good redemption also from Hawkeye. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I, I feel like this uh, show was really went back to the kingpin we know and um understand from the daredevil netflix show where it was just dark and he, 
you don't you don't want to fuck with this guy, you know? <laughs> like this is the type of guy who's uh I think I've heard I've seen this quote being thrown around a lot of times in online on social media with fans and I agree. Like I feel like Kingpin is like the street level Thanos, you know? Yeah. And th- this show really helps like put into image that Kingpin is not someone you want to fuck with. And here comes Echo and she's pushing all the buttons, but um, like Kingpin was just really, the character is just really a lot better here than in Hawkeye, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no Hawaiian shirt this time. <laughs> yeah. This time he's got, he's got the cool white suit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Kingpin's look, I think this show is where Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio looked most like the the comics Kingpin because um, you know they they started they kind of had him looking like the comic Kingpin in in Hawkeye, but yeah, he had that Hawaiian shirt, and then in the Netflix shows, he he never really looked like the comics Kingpin that much, but in this show in Echo. He was wearing like a huge blazer and the huge suits and everything. Um, really looked like he was straight out of the comics. Kind of cool. Yeah, like Vince D'Onofrio is just so good as his character too. You know, every scene he's in, he has this like, he's scary, but like the way he talks is always like kind of smooth, you know? Little, mm. little bit soft spoken at times. Yeah, kind of similar in a way, similar to Thanos. You know how it, like they're both like these really, really big guys, but they're the way they speak is a bit more soft spoken. You know, until they, mm. you know, until of course, you know, the big action scene comes and they do rage, and Kingpin does. You know, he really takes it on the what was it the ice cream guy. In the flashback, yeah. ice cream, hot yeah. dog. I forget the. I guess it doesn't matter what he was selling. The Kingpin food vendor. Yeah, <laughs> Kingpin just like brutally punches to death. Yeah, I thought it was another great scene. Mm-hmm. Hey, so one thing I wanted to bring up: we've talked some about the representation in the show, but yeah, I was just thinking, man. Like, how how did this show even get made? I mean, it features a, a disabled Native American superhero in an ultra-violent show on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I mean, you talk about, like, like the least likely of shows you, you would come across, right? So it, I, I, just, I was just kind of racking my brain thinking, man, how... It was kind of against all odds that this show even got made you know like i think we had similar discussions about blue beetle when we were talking about that movie um but it definitely is like a project that was like against all odds and the fact that it even exists is like a big deal right it's a big win um so i thought about that all throughout the season thinking man i i felt like fortunate that i got i got to see something like this because it really is like i don't know like it's just it's something that 
like a mainstream audience wasn't exactly like clamoring for mm -hmm. right so i think it's just cool that the fact that it exists it, it that's awesome you know um we'll get into it some more but you know i, you know, I think there were some flaws in the show but ultimately you know the fact that it's here that i'm able to watch it and enjoy it then that's 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 awesome uh, yeah i agree um and i don't know if you guys know this but fun fact like um henry what what did you say that was the 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 tribe that she's a part of in the character oh the choctaw choctaw like the the language they speak i, I guess there's a option on disney plus where you can watch it in that language oh that's cool love that so Amazing. yeah like like you bring up so many good points henry like like how is this project made <laughs> and um it's cool it's really really awesome that we get to see this kind of representation and these kind of projects that we could just we could watch them um i don't know like it on like on a comic book level or just like in general but it's awesome that like content like this exists for for like mainstream audience that you just don't see like anywhere in hollywood you know yeah yeah right mm -hmm. on yeah it definitely is good like it's good that like marvel's really like trying new things you know mm -hmm. it's good to, it's good to see them really branching out you know representation yeah. matters and like we but we don't really get a lot of native american like representation especially not like a you know a superhero yeah and so it's great that like you know they really went for it on this especially because they put a lot of work into um the 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 choctaw nation there's a lot of characters you kind of get like her whole family story um you get to see like her grandpa and grandma and they have like a little arc and like her cousins uh it was like biscuits and um it was like uh who was the care uh henry yeah Mm -hmm. Henry Black Crow Lopez. Um, yes. It was also the kind of guy who was like working for Kingpin that uh, I forget. I forget his relation to uh, Echo. If he, if he. Um, yeah, I forgot too. Yeah. But in a way, they were almost like a bit like the partners. Like he was kind of the one like he was also working for Kingpin and you kind of see but also kind of helping her out while also trying to keep his head down because, you know, he's scared of the kingpin. Um, and of course, and of course, Biscuits. Yes. He uses a little time to shy. I think it was like episode two, Biscuits and what was this? It was like Billy Jack or something. Oh, with his truck. Yeah, he that's right. He was helping out. Echo. <laughs> he helped out at the end too with the monster truck. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we can definitely continue on with uh, highlights, but maybe we can shift gears a bit now. Talk about some of the stuff we didn't like so much. Uh, I know uh, before we start recording, Christian, you had had some stuff you want to bring up. Maybe you can kick it off here. Okay, I'll kick it off. Um, you know, well. I did like the like you know the character yeah the characters 
representation, especially you know, our main our main character of Echo of Maya Lopez. Um and like kind of a lot of like the pieces. I think like uh I I'll say that the story kind of lost me um as the show kind of went on. I was really, really into it by or at episode one, I was like, oh man, this is really cool. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see where this goes. This is like, you got some really badass action. You got the kingpin about this like cool New York, uh, you know, assassin in New York. Um, and of course, she shoots kingpin and has to, you know, kind of lay low uh, back in Oklahoma. Um, but um still is a bit torn between the world of the kingpin and who she was before um but i'll admit uh, as as it kind of went on uh, it did it did lose me there was a lot less action we don't get a an action scene quite like that first one you know mm-hmm. um the one i think was like the bowling alley was okay but they introduced a villain that i wasn't uh, i thought was kind of forgettable about halfway in one of one of like the kingpin's henchmen that's looking mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. and it kind of culminates unfortunately culminates in a, in um uh, a final act that i thought was really really bad i really didn't like that last episode in in true marvel fashion unfortunately it's way <laughs> yeah. too rushed yeah <laughs> it's way too rushed they want to fight they kind of do they want a big finale that they don't fully think through and it kind of, and so even though it starts great, by the time you end, you're kind of scratching your head. Yeah. Which, yeah, which really is too bad for something, you know, that they just took a big swing on. Yeah. Good points. I'm in agreement on a lot of that. Yeah. It, it, the show started with a bang. Episode one was very exciting. Um, you know, two, three, four, things slowed down. But, you know, in my mind, it was somewhat forgivable because, you know, they were going for um, more character development type stuff than just like full on action, which, you know, I, I appreciated. I, I I was, you know, somewhat interested in Echo's family, like the people of Tamaha, Oklahoma. Um but in the back of my mind was okay. We started off big. Uh, let's let's end with a bang too, right? Um, and it was kind of set up that way. But I agree, man. Like the ending of the show was a big dud, and sadly, we just see this so often with these Marvel Disney Plus shows. And um, yeah, whether it was rushed, it felt rushed, um, or or just like movie people not knowing how to do TV. Maybe there's some of that going on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like it just, it, yeah. Like, okay. So let, let's, we've been talking about it. So let's, let's just get into the final episode. Um, so one big aspect is they were setting it up for it to be this big action uh, climax, right? You got, kingpins henchmen gearing up they got machine guns 
ready to tear up the powwow and take out Echo and her family. And um, the Kingpin himself is there. And, you know, Echo is there getting, she, she's getting ready, right? She's got, uh, you know, she, she's seemingly ready to go to battle too, right? Um, but then it kind of subverts all that, right? Because instead of a big action climax, there's some action, but they kind of, have this message of like instead of violence and aggression um the conflict is resolved through i don't know loving kindness <laughs> so i mean i understand what they're going for because <laughs> um it's like she's using um what she got from her mom rather than what she got from the kingpin right so that and that was a struggle to show right she's being torn between two worlds and ultimately um, she rejects the kingpin and um, truly becomes part of her family and her ancestry, right? Um, but it, I mean, just action-wise, it it was a it was a big letdown, right? Like you didn't get that like awesome finale you're hoping for, and it was messy too because uh, there were like these weird superpowers involved that kind of didn't make any sense. There was sort of teased throughout the season where uh, Echo would have these visions of her ancestors and um, these hints that, okay, she herself has these powers um, that really didn't manifest until the end. But then when like she gets the powers, it's completely not clear like what the powers are. And it was a big surprise that like she can like pass along the powers to her grandma and to her cousin. And and it, it's still not clear like what it is. So it's it's very confusing. And um I was I was left just kind of flabbergasted. I'm like, what is happening? And I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, any other thoughts on on uh, episode five here? Uh yeah, I think. I, I guess, like, I, to both of you guys' points, I agree to a certain extent. Like, I feel like it was kind of, like, a big letdown just because, you know, like, the whole series, like, we've talked about how badass Echo is and everything. So I I thought it would lead to, like, this, like, cool, like, fight scene between, like, Kingpin and Echo or, like, a big bad villain or something like that. Um. And then, like you said, Henry, there was, it was, like, hinted throughout the series about, like, Echo uh, having these, like, visions with her ancestors um, through, like, different generations about, like, when these, like, powers were needed when their the ancestors needed them the most, you know? And I feel like I have a couple theories I don't really know what they are but um i guess like one theory that i've read that's a popular theory online is that echoes a mutant and that they're slowly like introducing the mutants into the mcu and echo is one of them um 
in the comics, he's never been associated with being a mutant, but you know, neither neither was Miss Marvel, and apparently she's a mutant also, so <laughs> who knows? But um that's a popular theory. And then another theory that's being thrown around is that like there's a Echo series where she is the host of the Phoenix. And in that series, like she like goes back in time through like her ancestors and kind of gains like a bit of knowledge here and there and kind of is able to control the Phoenix and destroy her enemy. So maybe she's like, I don't know, I don't know, like the MCU Marvel Studios is giving her the powers of the Phoenix instead of the traditional host Jean Grey that we know. And Echo kind of just sharing that power with her family to destroy or defeat Kingpin. But then the whole like King um Echo's tapping into like Kingpin's like inner demons and cleansing himself. I thought that was kind of like okay, Echo, like this kind of defeats the purpose of the character of like being violent and uh resorting to like killing maybe we're just an audience who wants that but here she is like being like <laughs> oh um you're gonna be peaceful now like you don't have to fight with your inner demons anymore you know like let go of all that guilt that you've been carrying and stuff mm -hmm. and now we're BFFs. So you're not gonna hunt me anymore. I don't have to. I don't have to look behind my back if you're gonna like hunt me down or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it just felt really ridiculous. And but I, I think we'll see more of her and those powers being explained and maybe to prove to have a bigger. Um, like story you know in the mcu but that only time will tell you know yeah we'll see what happens moving forward but the more i think about it i i have a lot of problems with the superpowers like number one i i just kind of like i like the fact that echo didn't have superpowers right the shoes like the street level kind yeah, of yeah a, a street level hero and like she's like i was gonna say she's a normal person but she's not even a normal person she's like she's she has um she's she's been given like uh she's been dealt a bad hand in life right um she has these disabilities she's deaf she has a prosthetic leg and despite that she's able to excel right she becomes this great fighter this great warrior right um so it's like it it's to, to me that's like that's really inspiring that someone like that can be become can can achieve greatness right um but then like the the, the superpowers things like okay we, we she doesn't need to have like actual superpowers because she you know because of all the things i just mentioned right um, so uh, it it just uh, that doesn't it just doesn't sit that well with me, 
it seemed like really unnecessary. And like in my mind, they could have still used like all that stuff we saw about the Choctaw ancestors, but not make it like she explicitly got superpowers through them, right? Um, mm -hmm. Through her family and her ancestral lineage, she can get inspiration. So in that final episode, maybe you get like like a flashback montage of you see all the these images of the ancestors and her family inspiring her. And that enables her to overcome evil, right? I think that would allow that would have worked a lot better than just like explicit superpowers um, that were like really not explained well at all. And I'm just left scratching my head. Right. So that that was a bit of a miss uh, on my end. Um, so, yeah, go ahead, Christian. I was just going to say I agree. I think like it, it feels more like an afterthought. Yeah. Um rather than like the base of the show and you know i thought she kicked she kicked a lot of ass you know like without any superpowers yeah and i kind of just wanted to see more of that you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like you, were, like you don't need superpowers in a superhero show uh yeah you know you know coming from someone whose favorite character is batman like you know it, you don't need superpowers. <laughs> there you go. To have yeah. a cool superhero. Yeah. You can just have good action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've been talking about Alakwa Cox. I mean, she is a real life superhero. <laughs> She's this young Native American woman who is deaf, for real deaf. She, for real, has a prosthetic leg. Um, and for real, she kicks ass. <laughs> you know, like, she's like, She's the living embodiment of Echo and she is a superhero. And like, that's, that's all you need. Like we don't need to add like mutant powers and shit. Right. So stick with that and I'm good. But yeah, like, I, I feel like yeah, at the end they were just like, Oh, let's, let's just, let's give her these superpowers and like throw in all this extra stuff. And yeah, it was a bit disappointing. All right. So, um, random thoughts. Any thoughts coming up? Uh, good or bad or uh, both? Whatever. Um, thoughts on Echo? Hmm. Yeah, let's, go for it, Perferia. I was gonna say, let's talk about that end credit scene. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Henry, do you want to tell 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 us what it was? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like we've been saying, this show is so different. It felt like an experiment in ways. It was it was dropped Netflix style, like all five episodes were dropped all at once. They streamed it on Disney Plus, but they also streamed it on Hulu. Um, it was under this new label, Marvel Spotlight. Uh, I was kind of curious if there was going to be a mid credit scene or a post credit scene as it turned out there was a mid credit scene featuring the kingpin so it's kingpin in his private jet and he's like flying back to new york right and he's kind of like pondering his next move 
and um, the news is on TV and the, the, the news segment is about who's going to run for the mayor of New York City, right? And you can tell that, that the implication is that the kingpin is going to run for mayor. And it seems like the scene is a teaser for uh, the new Daredevil series, right? So uh, there you have it. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this, Perfurio? Well, yeah, um, before I get into my thoughts, wasn't correct? Can you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Daredevil season three already have like that storyline of Fisk running for mayor? Ooh, I, I don't oh, remember. I forget. It's been so long. Like, hmm. I feel like that was the like the main storyline of like him running for mayor and then Daredevil like trying to um, expose him. I don't remember. Um, yeah, sorry, don't. Uh, I don't remember. But anyways, in this content, <laughs> in this content, um, I believe that they're going with the storyline from the Daredevil Back in Black series, where um, vigilantism, like heroes like Daredevil, um, Elektra, Echo, She Hulk. Miss Marvel, you know, like they're kind of seen as a threat, which is very similar to like the Sokovia Accords with the Avengers. And so there's like this like public fear and public shame um, towards those kinds of folks. And in the series, Kingpin runs his campaign on that. He really preys on it and capitalizes on it. And he runs for mayor saying that, like, when he becomes mayor, he's going to make um, vigilantes, like, number one outlaws. He's going to outban them. And um, Daredevil tries to stop him. And he fails. The mayor, uh, Fist becomes mayor. And the storyline continues into, like, the Devil, Devil Reign storyline. I think that's what it's called. And so you have all these street-level characters like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, She-Hulk, Spider-Man, um, who all are, like, trying to defeat um, the Kingpin, even though he has, like, the public and government support on his side. So um, I think it's going to be interesting how that's going to all play out in Daredevil. It really feels like this like I don't know if it's so soon or it's going to be like a throwback to like previous like Disney Plus shows because I mean like She-Hulk she's essentially like an attorney you know and Miss mm -hmm. Marvel she she also like caused some damage in that town you know um but I feel like it's going to definitely be a little bit of like an Avengers um, kind of team up in Daredevil. I don't know if it's going to come in the form of like the Defenders or not, but 
I feel like in Daredevil, we're going to see more than just Daredevil in the terms of like superheroes who are going to fight Kingpin in this um, mayor campaign. But we'll see. I'm excited, though. Very much excited to see the two share uh, the screen again, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting take because I think no question that that scene is a teaser for the new upcoming Daredevil series. But um, I don't think it explicitly hints at um, other street level Marvel heroes taking on Kingpin. But you're saying it definitely could lead to that, right? Like a yeah, like a, a Marvel superhero team up in New York City to take on the Kingpin, and that certainly has has um, some promise for sure. Could be exciting, but yeah, it it's it's kind of too early to say. Uh, there is the interesting nugget of news that we alluded to earlier that the Marvel Netflix shows are now considered. MCU canon so if they did want to do a big team up with Daredevil, Jessica Jones Power Man, Iron Fist, Punisher whatever um, they could do it and have it be in the MCU right now that they've explicitly declared that right Um, I'm really curious to get your guys' take on that piece of information like, why are they saying that now? I remember throughout the years, all of us were wondering. We were watching these shows. We were enjoying Daredevil, watching The Punisher, etc. Um, and they would make references to the movies, right? These Netflix shows would make references to the MCU movies, but it never went the other way, right? The MCU movies never made reference to those shows. Uh, and... Uh, Marvel Studios was very tight-lipped about it. They would not say one way or the other. They did not say that Daredevil was MCU canon, right? Um, But now they're saying it is. So why now? Um, Yeah, what are you guys' thoughts? Christian, any thoughts on that information? um, Yeah, I guess it wasn't really until like No Way Home where they they really paid any mind to to it you know right 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 i think no way home and i guess i guess hawkeye also was was right around the same time i forget which one technically get, i think hawkeye may have technically come first but um like as far as now and i guess now that they're bringing it to disney plus excuse me they they really want to i guess really like kind of bring back i also think like a lot of those that era is pretty beloved. the The shows yeah. gen like yeah. uh, do have their following, especially Daredevil, and so mm-hmm. because they re- reference the movie, it doesn't really like they don't need to make any major retcons for any of those shows. They've kind of existed largely in their own bubble. That they can be like, well, yeah, sure, they were canon. Now, now that they're they're a little more sure, of, they have the characters. They're allowed to use the characters in uh, Disney Plus because I think it was like there is after the Netflix show, the deal expired and they couldn't use them for two years. So they're in this like weird limbo 
so to speak, where we weren't really sure what was going to happen to him. I think, yeah, like right around like 2020 was uh, when all that was going down. And I think around that time we were thought, well, these these are definitely not canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, around that time but now we've like shifted back which i'm glad i'm glad they're that they've they've recognized this canon and they've kind of in a way they've kind of like brought them uh, quote unquote home in in a way even though i guess they were always home (laughs) i think my sense i think this was written in the mcu um the reign of marvel studios book that we all read um is that like you know marvel made all this content and everything but it was exclusively um distributed through netflix i mean like these characters they they didn't even show up in like the end game portals you know in the 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 portal scene you know and um i think that now with all this Marvel content being released on Disney Plus, I think Marvel has better sense and control of what they're going to do with their projects, like a better, um, like just vision. You know, they've already had like the Young Avengers set up, you know, and now with this, I think that they want to bring back all these like beloved Netflix Marvel characters and just be like, oh, like that's all been part of like the MCU, you know, or and reintroduce some and make them part of like the MCU storyline. But I I think that's like a, just a cheap way of saying like they've always been there, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's just never been outspoken. Because even like very recently, Kevin Feige has said like the Toby McGuire Spider-Man movies and like the X-Men Fox films, that's all MCU canon now that mm-hmm. because of the multiverse and everything. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, um Everything's canon in Marvel, you know, <laughs> yeah. in Marvel's eyes. <laughs> yeah. Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is a cool perspective you bring up, Profrio, because, you know, Netflix is Netflix, right? Netflix is a competitor. So, like, business-wise, I guess it kind of made sense to sort of distance the two things, right? But now that, you know all these Netflix shows and characters are, are part of Disney plus. Now uh, they can say, Oh yeah, they've been here with us all along. Right. You can say that. Um, But also kind of like what you're saying, Christian, uh, those shows are really beloved. Right. And it always baffled me back then. Like I loved the movies of the MCU but I also really loved these Marvel Netflix shows. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of frustrating not to get any kind of acknowledgement. Like, are these connected? How are they connected? Like, you tell me, right. And you just never got it. And like, I remember the day I went to see Avengers Endgame for the first time, 
I was like halfway expecting to see a Daredevil cameo. You know, oh, I, yeah, I, 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 wa- <laughs> I wanted that like link, you know, I wanted something right. Like the closest mm-hmm. thing we got was like an appearance by Jarvis from like the what series was he Agent, in? H- Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that that was like, OK, we gave you your little Marvel TV thing done. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I was like, where's where's Daredevil? I want to see the Defenders among that, you know, at the big battle at the end, like maybe in the background or something, just nothing. Um, so like, why now? Why now? So like we talked about the business part of it, um, but there's also like, I think it's a little strategic too, right? Um, let's be honest. Marvel is is struggling a bit now you know we've talked about the failures of ant-man 3 and the box office flop of of the marvels etc um and they're probably just looking at like different ways to market right and yes the marvel netflix shows are beloved uh so now they're saying oh it's canon you know you know keep watching our shit because um, all that stuff you love before, they're part of the family too, right? And there's going to be more stuff like this. Uh, there's, you know, we got Echo and there's a Daredevil season coming too. Um, so a little bit is like, come on, you know, like now you're saying that it's like now that you're desperate, you're saying this, right? What the <laughs> hell? Um, but, you know, in a way it is kind of cool that they acknowledge that, um, but time will tell like how much it's all going to be part of it. Right. And we know the daredevil season's coming, but that's really about it. You know, like, um, yeah. To what extent are those shows still going to be, Oh yeah. Still going to be part of the MCU. Time will tell. Yeah. Do you you know, like, I forgot who told me this, but, you know, going back to that scene between Daredevil and Echo, um, that, uh, like, I guess, like, to make it, like, more, like, MCU connected and canon, that there, there was, like, a line that Daredevil says that where he says something like, oh, like, I've been um, tracking these guys for a while or whatever. And like we said, that was like um, Echo's first fight. But then like, again, I can't remember the details off the top of my head, but apparently like something was something Daredevil says kind of gives the indication that him and Kingpin survived the, the blip. Hmm. Like that, he never stopped fighting the crime in those like five years, and Kingpin also how he kept like his like organization going. Um, but again, like that's all like connecting like everything all together. Like, oh, this is canon, you know. Interesting. I didn't catch that. I did not. Yeah, catch that. Huh, that's a cool little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, Hawkeye survived the blip and became Ronin 
during that during that time. Right. And that's probably it seems to be how he knew about Kingpin. I'm guessing from his show was yeah. from his time as Ronin. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into our ratings. How would you rate Echo on a scale of one out of five or one to five? Um, yeah. Uh, Christian, you want to start us off here? Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. I think overall I'm pretty mixed on this show. Um, like I said, I really liked episode one. Um, I, I think this is a really good step for Marvel as a whole, this Marvel spotlight, trying new things uh do characters uh I, I like the representation of it and it it did really feel like they were they were dipping their toe into into something new um but unfortunately at the end i didn't really feel like it paid off as well as it should have i think the powers like like you know we mentioned with the powers being really weird and um like uh, like I think the characters felt a bit underdeveloped, but it seems, it seems like Disney just has not figured out the format uh, of what they're going for. You know, like these feel too long to be movies and they're a little too overstuffed uh, to be movies, but they're still too short to be full on shows. You know, they're in this kind of awkward middle ground here. Um, uh, but uh, I think, but I think a lot of the things kind of around that we're, we're actually kind of so, we're we're solid, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think the ones I'm teetering kind of are, are between I'm kind of feeling in between a two and a three, uh, here with um, like where's the first episode i would say is like yeah it's like oh man that was so cool got me so pumped five out of five but for the final episode was just shaking my head like what what happened and um with some of some of the bit part middle parts kind of there were there were some highlights here and there and i liked some of the characters but i did feel like they were kind of underdeveloped and the show just kind of lost me as it went on so i guess i might unfortunately i might be leaning towards a two but I think with that, I did really like the character. I do want to see her come back as well. And um, I do want to see more of this uh, type of project. You know, I do want to see more of the Marvel spotlight and more of Echo. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, I can go next. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on a lot of that, Christian. Um, yeah, I was thinking... A lot of the season I felt was good, but never great. I mean, arguably that Daredevil battle scene was great, but other than that, like nothing was really great. Like um, overall, the action in the show was good, but not great. And there was, you know, some comedy that was decent, but not great. And uh, a lot of the show had, um, not a lot, some of the show had like some, you know, emotional punch to it. I think the very end 
was pretty emotional where Echo finally reconciles with her family, right? And they have a nice, happy family get-together moment. Um, so that was nice. Um, that definitely held some uh, emotional weight, had a bit of an emotional punch to it. But again, you know, it's like I was feeling it, but it wasn't great, you know? Um, and like... Even even like uh, the grittiness, right? The violence, the violence is cool, um, but it wasn't like they didn't go full on, right? Like some of the stuff you see in like the Netflix Daredevil series and the certainly the Netflix Punisher series, um, that stuff's a lot more violent. Um, so you know they they upped the Annie with the violence and props to uh, Marvel Studios for for doing it uh on disney plus of all places um but again like it was just like that was good but you know it wasn't great and um yeah that that's kind of my my sense all throughout um you know that all said there are a lot of reasons to watch this this show and it goes back to a lot of stuff i mentioned how it's just like this show is really it was made against all odds. And the fact that it exists is amazing in itself. Right. <laughs> it's so cool that you, you get to see a disabled native American superhero, like headlining her own show. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's so kind of mind blowing to me. Um, and it was definitely flawed, but you get a lot of, what you want to see you know again like could it have been done better yes um but it was kind of like um good enough i i would say for me to recommend so i'll give it a three out of five how about you prefer you i really like this show you know like i there's a lot of good elements that i enjoyed like the representation the acting the um, I thought the storyline was pretty decent the dark tone really reminded me of the Netflix Marvel days um I do guys I do agree with both you guys prior like the ending was a little like funky and a little out there with the superpowers and the whole not killing Kingpin, letting him live. <laughs> um, hopefully that gets addressed in the future, in future MCU films. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. It was really different than what we've seen in past Disney Plus material. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like the storyline was pretty good, you know. It wasn't like weird, too weird, like un like make believe stuff that didn't go anywhere. So um, I would give this a four out of five. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did, and I think because of that, I really hecka enjoyed it. And um, this one, I like highly recommend folks checking out. You know, 
And I just, it, it's something that I feel like you really don't need to watch, like, Hawkeye or any other Disney or Marvel project to understand what's going on. I feel like it's a good standalone piece. And it's just kind of really worth checking out. Hey, that's a good point. The show really does stand alone pretty well. Like, well, I mean, the beginning does sort of draw from other things like Hawkeye and other stuff, but um, the the end is really like an ending, right? It It's an end of the story and there's no real like cliffhanger going on, right? I mean, you could argue that mid-credit scene is sort of like a teaser for Daredevil, but the the show itself really is pretty standalone for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like we often do, how about a comics recommendation, Perfurio? What do you got? So, you know, I spoke on this earlier, but Echo... She's only, I think, had one solo series, and this one called Phoenix Song Echo, where Echo, she is the host of the Phoenix. Um, pretty awesome. Uh, so in, in Avengers um, series, uh, the Phoenix is looking for a host, and she kind of has like this like Mortal Kombat style to see who's like worthy of becoming the host. And Echo does not win that tournament. She actually loses in like the quarterfinals or something like that to to uh, Neymar. And um, th- even despite her loss. The Phoenix chooses her to become the host because I guess of like her like spirit and um and desire to do good, you know. And so the 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 show the series kind of follows like echoes like question of like okay like. The Phoenix chose me. Why? So there's like this like internal conflict, while the external conflict is like this villain who is trying to harness the Phoenix power from Echo, and so Echo goes in back back in time and meets a bunch of her ancestors, and um, you find out it, that one of her ancestors like back in time actually did harness the phoenix so she's not the first in her uh family lineage to harness the power and so echo just kind of like you know because you know, we've seen and like the phoenix is just everywhere the phoenix goes she brings a bunch of destruction and Echo's no stranger to that. And like some other uh, Marvel characters like Elektra and an X-Men named Forge recognize the dangers that the Phoenix draws. Um, so they warn Echo. 
but uh, she is like, oh, like I'm gonna be different or whatever, you know. So it's a cool uh, story to check out if you just want to learn a little bit more about her and just see like some cool Native American representation. Right on. Excellent recommendation, Perferio. And yeah, we've been voicing our displeasure about Echo having superpowers in this show. But guess what? It's comics canon that Echo has superpowers, right? So you can yeah. always point to the source material and go, hey, they did it in the comics, right? So there is that. And, it, and it's weird. Like, she's not, she doesn't. I forget who, but uh, she doesn't call like Phoenix the Phoenix. She actually calls it like Firebird. You know, mm, interesting. I, I feel like that's a little bit more of like a, like maybe like Native American like spiritualism. Mm, you know, mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. yeah. with connecting like that, and so I think that's just a cool way of like reimagining like the Phoenix tale and just giving it to Echo, like who's Native American, just being like, well, like, you know, like in Native American, like culture, that's just something that's more interwined, you know, like Native Americans and spiritualism with animals. So it makes sense, but I think that's a cool reimagination and use of the Phoenix power. Right on. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Porfirio, and Christian.